and welcome back to the Punt Return Podcast. It has been a couple of weeks since we did the show. We had the week off last week uh, for Christmas, but we're back this week. And it's been a somber 24 or 48 hours in the NFL world with news of the passing of the great John Madden, a titan of the game, but perhaps an even bigger part to play in NFL fandom here in Australia, as opposed to uh, the USA, where he's obviously most well-known. Uh, many fans here down under only seeing the game and learning to understand it and how it works for the first time, thanks to the EA Sports Madden console games. I had some Eagles gear uh, as a kid when I was growing up from family being over in Philly, but my first real experience of the NFL was the 2004 version of the game with Mike Vick on the cover uh, in his Falcons uni, and I, I quickly fell in love with the game, the, the graphics, the gameplay, the strategy, and then having to actually execute on that gameplay and, and that strategy um, with the right players at the right times. And, you know, when you, we play it for the first time, not really understanding how American football works, it's, uh, it's, it's quite foreign, but uh, you play the game and, and you, you get to love it. And uh, that's, that's how I fell in love with the NFL. Uh, once again, I am Nick Splitter. I'm joined by Ryan Lepore again, like I said, mate, a week off, but we're back. What was your first NFL experience? Yeah. G'day Nick. Hello listeners. Yes. Uh, look, Devastating news, obviously, in the world of the NFL with with uh, John Madden passing away, as you mentioned. And, yeah, look, like like you, I think everyone owned that 04 Madden game with, with Michael Vick being the superstar that he was at the Falcons, of course. And then he appeared um, a couple of years on the next cover in a, in a different jersey, of course, in your Eagles one. But, yeah, I, I certainly had 04 Madden, but I wasn't a really big fan because I think it was just too hard for me to work out um, as a young fella back then. So I actually didn't really get into the NFL until much later, probably another – Oh, maybe another five, five, six years later when I started playing NFL fantasy with some mates. And that's kind of how I got into the game. Um, some, some guys were keen on playing in NFL fantasy. I really knew nothing about the teams or, or the players, but kind of quickly tried to jump on it. And that's really how I learned, uh, learned all the players and, and what, what the rules were and stuff just by following NFL fantasy. That's how I got into it probably about a, about a decade ago now. So I was a bit of a late comer to, to NFL, but yeah, certainly – Grown to love it, and, and yeah, yeah, I think um, yeah, that name Madden will just be you know one of those one of those names that will just um, you know for an eternity will be around that sport. So yeah, sad news, but uh, I'm sure the NFL will do plenty of things this week um, to commemorate the great man. Yeah, that's right, and, and we, I think we've seen you know social media and NFL broadcasts and, and all those things kind of awash with John Madden tributes and. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff over the last couple of days. And, and I'm sure that there'll be a lot more, um, you know, whether or not there are other things named in, in his honour over the next couple of years, I'm, I'm sure that'll probably happen. But you're right. I think that that, that Madden name is, is synonymous with the NFL thanks to that game. But, um, you know, he, he's done plenty for the sport and, and the game around the world um, just by being the name of that game. And, uh, you know, obviously his history in the game before that as a, a player, coach, broadcaster, media man, etc. Uh, you know, is uh, almost unparalleled. So, uh, Vale, John Madden, uh, but we'll get into the show now. Uh, how was your Christmas, mate? What did you What did you get up to on the week off? Yeah, it was just very much um, trying to fit in a lot of family obligations and a, a few friend things as well. So it was a very busy period, but. Yeah, awesome to experience it and, and just, um, you know, have some gatherings and, and meet people and see people, you know, after <laughs> after 18 months and we've had, I suppose, and and to be honest, it doesn't seem like we're at the end of that yet. But, um, yeah, it was great to see some family and friends and, and really enjoy Christmas. And like you said, uh, mate, off the top of air, 
we probably ate way too much and, and drank a lot too <laughs> way too much as well. But um, no, nah, it was it was great to have that um, that period and to just enjoy with family and friends. And yeah, didn't get away or anything or do anything like that. Just uh, stayed around locally. How about you, mate? Yeah, stayed stayed local. Uh, we kept it pretty quiet. My uh, my day was full of craft beers and pineapple glazed ham. Uh, Excellent, which was was delicious. But uh, <laughs> still feeling it a, a week or so later on uh, down the track. But um, any yeah, ham bit, left over? Uh, there might be a tiny bit left. But, yeah, uh, we've, not sure. we ran down to the last rations now. Yeah, not <laughs> sure well. how not sure how good it'll be in another day or two. But yeah, was, uh, I think it was, get rid it was of pretty it tasty. Props, props <laughs> to the wife for uh, for cooking that. That was awesome. Um, but uh, we did have a pretty good week. Uh, on the punt the week before, there was a lot of green in our mm. spreadsheet. Uh, had a couple of player props, had a couple of long shots, had a couple of the best bets get up between us, um, and then obviously the week off. So we're gonna we're gonna get stuck into week seventeen. It's gonna be interesting to see if we have any any rust uh, after <laughs> after the week off, or, we've, or if we can uh, get get stuck straight back into it. But um, just quickly before uh, before we do, at the start of the season, we were talking about the potential for there to be three playoff teams out of the AFC North. And given the unlikely dominance of Cincinnati, they're four and one out of their division. Who out of the following, if any, deserves a playoff spot? I'm going to pose this one to you, mate. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cleveland, do any of them deserve a playoff spot this year? I think Baltimore deserve one because of the the record they had before these injuries really took a toll. I mean, obviously they had those those mass injuries before the season started and they fought through those and we're sitting eight and three in the number one seed in the AFC and now I've kind of fallen off the cliff a little bit. And look, it'd be a shame if they didn't make the postseason, whether they can make any noise in that, if they make it, not sure. But out of those three, they're definitely the deserving team. Pittsburgh, we know on their day are fantastic and especially on defense, we know Cleveland are the same, but they've both wasted too many good chances and, and have been deplorable in, in certain games. So I don't think either of those two teams are, are deserving, which, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to probably have his first ever losing season, which is just ridiculous thinking about how amazing that franchise has been for over, over a decade, 15 years or so. So, look, out of those three, I think Baltimore would be the deserving team and, and they still could squeak in. They've got a, they've had a tough run home and they'll, they'll probably lose again this week. We both expect them to lose this week against the Rams. But, look, I mean... Long odds Cincinnati to win that division. And we know how tight it was going to be coming in, but geez, the way Cincinnati have kind of flipped it. And um, yeah, look, I remember we had a listener question posed a little while back, and I think it was maybe around week five or six. And it was like, who will finish higher or who will have the better record out of the Colts and the Bengals? And it was when the Bengals obviously had that hot start and the Colts. We're off to that slow start, and they're, they're pretty neck and neck. I think the Colts might mm. have by one win, or they might be even level. I'm not too sure, but yeah, it's been remarkable to see that those two teams have been, you know, kind of you know on par all season, and um, you know, likely that they'll both squeak into the to the playoffs as well. They they are level the Colts and mm. the Bengals at nine and six apiece. Uh, you're right. I think that was um, was it was it Matt Zemek that asked who was going to. Yeah, it could have been. going to finish higher? Was it, uh, yeah, the Colts? I think we're both pretty definitive, weren't we, with Colts? I think I went on the Colts, yeah. Yeah, but um, look, the Bengals have surprised all of us. um, And knowing how tough that division is, like I said, it would have been very long odds to to win the division, let alone make the playoffs. So it's been a great run and um, by the Bengals. And look, I'm I'm stoked for them and and for that franchise with, um, with the new guard, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And and you're right, they... um, they have been fantastic. They've had some 
some moments where they've they've dipped, but over the course of the season, they've been very impressive. Um, and you know, I think th- some of those moments that we talk about where where they haven't been as impressive or they've disappointed on the on the night, you know, you can kind of get that out of young young teams that haven't quite been there before, and you're still working out how to how to navigate you know an, an entire season. We've seen them have good games before, um, but we haven't quite seen them you know be as consistent as they have this year. And even even with that, has come some you know some really disappointing efforts, but. They've tended to turn it back around fairly quickly, and you know their record speaks for itself. They're nine and six. Uh, have they clinched? Have they clinched a spot? Not yet. No, not yet. No, no it's still wide yet. open. They, they, it is. That the funny thing actually is, is the Browns, the Browns, the, the Browns have the tiebreaker against them, um, which and they play each other in, in week mm. eighteen next week. So if the Browns Huge run change. the table and the Bengals lose both games, then the Browns will be in as division champions, which is crazy. Amazing. But I don't see that happening. I think <clears throat> since he will win one of their last two games, more likely uh, next than this one potentially, although this game against the Chiefs, I don't know, we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves. It's going to be awesome. It's probably game of the week. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the Chiefs do knowing that they've clinched the division title. And, I mean, they're still – the number one seed needs to be clinched. And, that, and that's going to be the key thing for both conferences, mm. obviously, with only one team this year getting a bye with the new playoff structure. So, um, obviously, we've had the top two seeds usually get a week off, but um, how it's structured now, it's 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 a big wildcard weekend. So, uh, as we see it, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers that have the first week buys in the playoffs. So, yeah, lots of play for still in both the AFC and NFC. So, I suppose the Chiefs won't be taking their foot off the pedal yet. Yeah, exactly right. So we'll um, on that, we'll get stuck into week 17. Uh, we'll go through every game, and then at the end, we'll focus on our best bets and why. Uh, and we'll end with a couple of long shots and player props as well. Uh, just remember that we are recording on a Thursday night Melbourne time on the Australian East Coast. So player props and lines and odds, etc., are subject to change. Uh, that being said, there weren't many props available with no matchups until Sunday uh, US yeah, time or Monday morning. Uh, yeah, I couldn't find any really, and even on the the Vegas books were hard to find online yeah. as well. So yeah. I, I think I there's still some fun. question marks around personnel and who's going to play yeah. in, in different games. But uh, if you do like the show, before you get stuck in, please give us a rating and a review on Facebook and on iTunes or wherever you listen. Tweet us, comment on Facebook, engage. We're on Instagram uh, as much as possible. We love to chat football with you guys. Uh, but let's get stuck in. With no teams on the bye, here is the playoff positions as we know it. In the AFC, as you said, it's wide, wide open. Clinched the Kansas City Chiefs in those open positions at the moment. Tennessee, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Indianapolis, New England, and Miami. And the teams that are still alive in that AFC are the Chargers, the Raiders, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Denver. And in the NFC, clinched the Green Bay Packers, Dallas Cowboys, LA Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Arizona Cardinals. In those playoff positions remaining are the San Francisco 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and still alive on the bubble, uh, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, and Washington. The following teams have been eliminated from NFL 2021, Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, New York Giants, and Jets, Seattle, Chicago, and Carolina. So week 17, we kick off Monday, 5 a.m., Australian Eastern Time, Las Vegas at Indianapolis. The Colts minus six and a half. The total is 44 and a half. What have you got for us? Yeah, playoff pitcher, uh, huge for this one in the AFC. As you mentioned, obviously, Indianapolis hold a wildcard spot at the moment. The Raiders are right there on the bubble to try and sneak in after back-to-back wins. So 
they they almost look like they shut the bed as they do every season, but they've kind of bounced back with, with back-to-back wins. I mean, they did face a very depleted Cleveland team, only just beat them. They only just beat the Denver Broncos last week without Teddy Bridgewater. So their form isn't amazing, but they meet the Colts at the right time with obviously Carson Wentz um, testing positive for COVID and will miss this game. So the Colts will probably start with Jacob Eason, although they did put the phone call into the great man, apparently, Philip Rivers. But, um, yeah, Jacob Eason <laughs> will start, which doesn't fill me with at all any confidence whatsoever. And, and the key personnel missing on on the offensive line with um, some serious talent off there with uh, Quinton Nelson and I know and a few others. And I know you're going to go into it a bit more, so I'll let you kind of dive in there. But, look, I, I just – obviously, they're going to feed Jonathan Taylor and – Every game he's notched 100 yards this year, they, they hit, they've won, and they're 9-0 and when he's done that. I just know it's – I know the Raiders' defense, the run defense isn't great, but with those key personnel missing on that offensive line, and look, it, it, he's, a, he's a superstar and, and he's right in the MVP com- conversation, of course. But, yeah, I just don't know if he's going to have a, a huge game. He's, had, he's carried a huge workload as well over the last um, few weeks. Uh, and the Colts are going to really rely heavily on him to, to get the points and, and the yards going So with, with Jacob Eason under centre. So, look, I, I like the unders in this game. The Raiders haven't been great on offence either the last few weeks um, in very low-scoring wins against the Broncos and the Browns, as I mentioned. So I like the unders in this one, and I, I even like the Raiders as a sneaky plus. I was, I was almost tempted to, to take him. There's uh, One of my long shots is the extended line on the Raiders, a bit of an alternative line of plus nine and a half and into the Mm -hmm. under 37 and a half because I kind of see a 2016, 2013 kind of score line. So, yeah, look, I'm I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a low-scoring battle and I'll take the unders 44 and a half um, very happily in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning to the unders as well. It's not a play in this one for me, but I I don't mind it. It is actually in one of my long shots, uh, which we'll touch on at the end of the show. But starting with Las Vegas, the Raiders have been competitive this season, that is for sure. They've improved on defense and on offense. It seems like they've unearthed a gem in Hunter Renfro in the slot. He's only eight catches away from being the third Raider in history with 100 receptions in a single season. Just 15 catches from tying Darren Waller's record for most ever receptions by a Raider in a single season from last year. He's 51 yards away from the first Raiders wide receiver to hit 1,000 receiving yards in a season in five years, and there's still two games to go. But this Colts team just hits different, I think. They are a top 10 overall DVOA team. They're top 10 in both DVOA offense and defense, weighted sixth overall when ranking according to more recent performances. We've seen they've kind of turned things around in the second half of this season, become that that franchise, that team that we expected them to be at the start of the season. Um, since the second half capitulation to the Bucks. The Colts have shut out the Texans. We know that's not much, but they have also defeated essentially the AFC leader in the New England Patriots and the NFC leader in the Arizona Cardinals. The Colts recently have been hit have been hit hard by the COVID protocols, but so have most teams. Uh, but as of today, the following starters are on a list with as many as 15 players on it. Quarterback Carson Wentz, Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Mark Glowinski at guard, Right tackle, Braden Smith. Safety, Kari Willis. And cornerback, Rocky Sin. There's some decent talent there that's not going to be out there playing for the Colts this weekend. But having said all that, the Colts are built to be stronger than the sum of their parts. And that's the way that their franchise has been built over the last five or six years, pretty much since the uh, the retirement of Andrew Luck. 
Um, you know, they they knew that they had to rebuild. They knew that they couldn't rely on one person at quarterback, and they've built the rest of their franchise to be stronger than just individual players. Um, I think that they're simply a better franchise and a better team than the Raiders here, and I like them to win this one by more than a touchdown, no matter who starts at quarterback. Uh, I've got the Colts at minus six and a half. Do you have anything else to add to that, mate? Yeah, look, I, I just can't um, have the same confidence in the Colts without Carson Wentz there. I know, um, yeah, like you said, and, and whatever what you said is makes perfect sense. They're a far better franchise than the Raiders, and a lot more trustworthy from the scalps that they've they've beaten. But there, yeah, that's with a bit more of a full strength team. So yeah, in this one, I, I just can't um, jump into that that minus line, especially at, at almost a touchdown. But um, yeah, I think it'll be a tight battle. So yeah, the unders is for me, but um, yeah, the Colts could easily blow them out of the water as well. So yeah, interesting matchup to, well, not to begin week um, 17 because they're all in the same time this week. So yeah, it's going to be a good red zone with plenty of games. That's for sure. That's for sure. We're, we're kind of on the same page, but also kind of a head-to-head. So that'll be an interesting one to we watch have for a We have a bit of a head-to-head in the long shot, I suppose. So, yeah, we can True. touch on that a bit later. True. We will touch on that later. Next up, the New York Giants at Chicago. Chicago minus five and a half. The total is 37 and a half. At the moment, it looks like snow and rain on Sunday in Chicago. So despite the incredibly low total at 37 and a half, I'm kind of thinking of taking the unders here, but for now it's a no play. How about you? Yeah, I haven't been on the Bears all season until last week and we didn't do a show and <laughs> I tipped the Bears to win and um, some Nick Foles magic lifted them over the line in a snow game, of course. So, I mean, the Bears are obviously used to Big that. Dick Nick. Um, go on. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> Dick Nick, indeed. With the, <laughs> they, yeah, some ran, ran a bit more trickery, the Nick Foles, um, some Nick Foles specials. And look, it was a pretty cool catch by um, Demir Bird to, to get that two point conversion and essentially seal the win for the Bears. And um, I mean, New York's, the Giants season has just gone from bad to worse and it hit a low point last week against the Eagles with Jake Fromm starting and going a, a six for 17 for 25 <laughs> yards and an interception before he got benched. So, look, it'll be I don't be interesting to see who starts for him this week if they go back to him or if they go with the veteran Mike Lennon. Um, or And same with the Bears. Do they do they stay with Nick Foles or do they rush Justin Fields back? So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, look, the Giants are shot. I think they've thrown in the towel. The, I think the Bears, that might have given Matt Nagy and that locker room a little bit of – confidence and, you know, potential, you know, I know I don't think they're going to be there together next year. So, look, it might be a nice way to send him out with another big win. So, I think they give their home fans something to cheer about at home. And I think the minus five and a half seems decent um, decent enough for the Bears against a, a really deplorable Giants Giants outfit. So, yeah, not confident, but I'll, I'll take the Bears here. Can Matt Nagy keep his job in Chicago? No, no I don't think so. I, I, think I, would be, I would be flabbergasted if he's there come week one. No, I think he'll see out the season. I think that was the talk that he might see out the season, but I don't think – I think they part ways. And I think um, um, Ryan Pace, is it, the GM? He, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think that he might – he might still be there, but I don't think um, Matt Nagy will be. I think they both have to go. Sure, yeah, they I, both have to I go. agree. I agree. And, and the same clear out's going to happen in New York, but I think they're saying Joe Judge is going to keep his position, but Dan Gettleman's got to go for sure. Yep. 100%. Hundred percent. Yeah, there'll be a big uh, off-season of change coming. I think for a lot of a lot of franchises. Fingers crossed. Uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> at the New York Jets. The Jets plus thirteen. The total is forty-five and a half. The Bucks are reeling. The championship Bucks are reeling following injuries to Lenny Fournette, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Levante David. 
all unlikely to make it back before the playoffs. Plus, Anton Winfield Jr., Jason Pierre-Paul, and now Shaq Barrett all banged up and missing time potentially. Yeah. They've had Gronk miss five games, Antonio Brown missed nine, although most of that was you know, his Don't own doing. issue, his own <laughs> doing. Um, and yet they've still just clinched the NFC South. They're, they've locked up a playoff spot and still in contention for a top two seed in the NFC. They should win this one pretty easily over the Jets, um, who are once again, or still irrelevant, but I'm hesitant to back them here for a two-plus touchdown victory with so much talent on the sidelines. Is there any, anything that you want to add on this one, mate? Yeah, oh, look, they, it's incredible how banged up they have been, the Bucs, and, and the, you know, they had a pretty much golden run to the, to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, obviously, they had to win four playoff games or three mm-hmm. playoff games in a row at, away from home before obviously having the, hosting the Super Bowl, <laughs> essentially. But um, it's just gone from, yeah, it, everything was aligning for Tom Brady to repeat and just things are just starting to fall off. You know, a lot of injuries. Obviously, Mike Evans, as you mentioned, is now on the COVID list as well as being injured. So, look, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, oh, there's no way that the Jets win this match, but I don't think um, you could jump into a 13-point line with all those injuries that you've mentioned for Tampa Bay. But, yeah, like you said, they're pretty a little bit lucky that they play in a pretty weak division this season because, um, um, yeah, like you said, with all those injuries, I mean, they've been mm. still one of the best teams all season, but um, there hasn't been any pressure from any other team to, to put on them for that division crown. So, the Bucs, um, yeah, they'll coast through the next couple of weeks, try and get themselves right for the playoffs. So there's no way you could take um, a 13-point line. You know, they're just going to try and do the bare minimum to get a win and stay healthy, I think. So, yeah, not too much more to add against, yeah, like you said, that irrelevant Jets team. Yeah, no yeah, no, no official play in this one. But um, no. given there were no, no props available yet for Monday morning or, or Sunday afternoon uh, US time, I thought it was worth keeping an eye on Gronk and Cameron Brait props over the course of the weekend. The Jets rank dead last yeah. in the league in DVOA pass defense against the tight end position. So with Fournette, Evans, and Godwin missing again, there should be plenty of looks for the tight ends, especially in the red zone. So just keep well, we eye. know, Yeah, we know Brady loves those tight ends, uh, especially exactly. in the red zone. Uh, not just, um, obviously, Gronk, but yeah, he's got a pretty good connection with Cameron Brait, as you said. So Yeah, I, like I, I think Gronk, Gronk only had two or three targets last week which mm. was a surprise given given those outs but I, I can't see that happening again um, no. like you said Gronk and, and Brait in the red zone are kind of Brady's two favorite two favorite targets but Antonio Brown will probably have a have a big one again um, I think that was his 23rd 10 reception game last week or 11 reception game last week which was insane for Antonio Brown it's uh, amazing. Yeah, he's, he's got a decent CV, hasn't he? Despite he all the other dramas, but <laughs> and there's been a few. Yeah, there's been a few. Well, he's not forget he was a he was a raider for two minutes. That's last true. Year. That's true. He was too. He was too. Um, and a patriot, wasn't he? Yep, he was a pa- patriot for a few weeks, but yep. yeah, he was only a, a raider for a few minutes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, what have we got next? Monday morning. Uh, Atlanta at Buffalo. Buffalo minus 14 and a half. The total is 44. Are the Bills back? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think they might be. Buffalo's taking care of the Panthers and Patriots in consecutive weeks to reclaim the top spot in the AFC East. While they've also risen back to number three in overall DVOA ratings, ranked two in DVOA defense and six in DVOA offense. And Josh Allen is back big time. It's been a, a quiet-ish middle part of the season for Josh Allen, but 
fresh off a brilliant game against the Pats, 314 passing yards, 64 rushing yards, three touchdown passes to no turnovers. I think it's time that we give or re-give Josh Allen some of the respect he deserves. We were talking about him as an MVP candidate in the first kind of month or, or two of the season, and, and that talk quietened kind of between, I don't know, weeks eight and week 14 or week 15, but uh, he's getting back to that that sort of form. And here's just a taste of what he's accomplished so far in his short career. He is the only player in NFL history with 100 passing touchdowns and 20 rushing touchdowns in his first four seasons. He ranks second all-time in the NFL for total touchdowns, 131, in his first four seasons, trailing only Dan Marino at 144. He's the only quarterback in league history with three straight seasons of seven or more rushing touchdowns. And he ranks first and third on the team, on the on Buffalo's single-season passing yardage list. That was uh, 2020. And this season, he's ranked third with, with a couple of games to go. So he'll be first and second on that list by the time the season is finished, barring injury in the next couple of weeks, which uh, some of those numbers from a guy who, you know, where, where he came from and, and what he kind of fought through to start his career um, is, is pretty incredible. Meanwhile, the Falcons, they are sitting a very pedestrian seven and eight, which is probably ahead of where they should be. Um, and, and where they might have been a month ago. And while they're technically still alive in the playoff hunt, they look a long, long way off it. It is a big line, but I have no hesitation in taking the Bills here on current form. That's Buffalo minus 14 and a half for me. Have you got anything in this one? I, I couldn't touch them at that line. Um, but, you know, we know that the Bills like to to really put up points. And, and when they're on, they're on, aren't they? I mean, they've, they've mm-hmm. had some big, big blowout wins already this season. And, yeah, they certainly looked, um, you know, that preseason MVP, oh, MVP, Super Bowl contender um, last week, didn't they? They really took care of business against the the Patriots after losing that crucial one mm. um, the other week in Foxborough. So look, it it was a it was a big win. Uh, sorry, in at home, uh, it was this one was in Foxborough. But look, it was um, yeah, really good win, a huge. Um, I know we talked off air about it. How some really clutch, you know, third and long and fourth down conversions late in that game. They didn't punt. Um, I think it was like, a, I can't remember the exact stat, but it was like the first time in a long time against a Bill Belichick de- defense that a team had to actually punt um, in a game. So they, Sean McDermott was, you know, they were aggressive. They re- went for it. They backed themselves and, and it paid dividends. And Josh Allen was incredible, over 300 yards um, passing. He had 64 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Um, uh, it was yeah, it was, it was a phenomenal effort, and and it took back the um, the lead of the AFC East more importantly, and you know now they're in their own you know playoffs in their own destiny in their own hands I should say. So they've got, they've got very winnable games against the Falcons and the Jets at home to finish the season. So barring a, a, a catastrophic choke, and which is very possible um, with a couple of my big futures running through the Bills in the AFC East. So we know anything could happen. Um, well, yeah, we they should win we this won't game. jinx them just yet. No, we might exactly. leave them to next week. Yeah, we can touch on my next week if they get the job <laughs> done this week. But look, like I said, um, in our last show, you know, I think it was against the Niners. I said, oh, I want to play the Falcons, but then I remembered it was the Falcons. And um, <laughs> there's a reason why. And, and they're, they're an awful team. And it's amazing that they're actually in playoff contention um, yeah. still. And they'll probably beat the Saints next week and, and still be a chance. So, um, I can't see him beating the Bills, but yeah, at that huge line, um, I can't get involved in this one, so it's no play for me. But fingers crossed, the Bills just do the job. 
Yeah, no, fair enough. I completely understand that. Uh, Philadelphia at Washington, huge game in the NFC least. Washington <clears throat> plus three and a half. The total is 45. And somehow my Eagles are still in line for a playoff berth and somehow could even clinch it this week if they beat Washington, if the Packers beat the Vikings, and if the Panthers beat the Saints. But other than that, it's a no play for me. Doing some sums. Oh, I've been, been doing <laughs> well, the maths all week. My my Washington football team, if I can call them that, are still out in the for a playoff spot. They, and are, they weren't because they were embarrassed last week. My God, that was ugly. And it I actually very, didn't very see ugly. a second of the game, but I was just watching the box score and it was just ticking and ticking and ticking. <laughs> and it was ridiculous. I had um, Amari Cooper, so in one of my fantasy leagues, to, in a PPR league. So I was just hoping him, just watching him trying to get catches, but he didn't get into the end zone, which. Mm. Uh, ultimately, it was a bit costly, but um, yeah, God, fifty-six to fourteen or something ridiculous like that. The score was, and um, yeah, it was just embarrassing for Washington, who, to be fair, really didn't roll out much of a team. They have been depleted by COVID, but yeah, I don't think they can upset the Eagles here. Although the line is almost tempting to play the Eagles, but they'll get some players back here, Washington. But as we know, it's um, you can't be too sure with these Philly games, so we'll stay out. Um, but yeah, let's hope your birds can. Can sneak into the playoffs, mate. Um, they could be could be dangerous. Who knows? So, um, no play for me either, mate. But um, yeah, very interesting watch um, and a few different scenarios to to keep our, our eye on over the weekend. Yeah, certainly not going to tempt fate with uh, with this one or next week for that matter. But um, yeah, no play for both of us. Have you got uh, Dallas the week after? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'd prefer to clinch it this week than have to beat Dallas yeah. next week for obvious reasons. <laughs> look, but, I mean, uh, all those scenarios are very likely. And and look, obviously, being in the, the wildcard spot at the moment, if they win out, they're obviously in. Um, I think they'll win this week. I think the Packers will beat the Vikings. So, yeah, let's hope the Panthers can beat the Saints for the second time this season for you, mate. But, um, yeah, I think Philly are in a good spot to still clinch uh, a playoff spot regardless if they win or lose this week. Well, it is, it is pretty week, amazing. It is pretty amazing this given, week, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I yeah. think so. But it, it is pretty amazing given, you know, a week into the, the season, the Eagles were ranked as one of the, you know, bottom two or bottom three uh, squads in the NFL, which is which mm. is amazing. Mm. But, um, you know, I, I'm kind of happy with the way things have, or content is probably a better word than happy, but content <laughs> with how the season has gone, but would love uh, would love a postseason berth. Uh just to see how, see how Sirianni and and Hertz and Sanders and, and those do in uh, in the heat of battle. In, in yeah, well, I mean, yeah, anything can happen as we know in the NFL playoffs. So just got to get there. So exactly. Um, yeah, fingers okay. crossed, for you, man. Thanks, mate. That's very very gracious of you, um, <laughs> especially against my beloved exactly, Washington football team. Exactly. I, I'm not sure I would have been as gracious as that. <laughs> I was saying. Um, next up, the Kansas City Chiefs at Cincinnati. The Bengals plus five and a half. The total is 50 and a half. There are probably a couple of games ahead of this one for game of the week. Maybe, maybe not, but this is remarkably, and I say remarkably because I'm not sure anyone would have picked this at the start of the season, remarkably a huge game in the AFC conference playoff seedings. The Chiefs are currently standalone leaders of the AFC at 11 and four, but the Bengals aren't that far behind as we touched on earlier in third at nine and six. And if Cincinnati can win this one, and they have won some big games this season, so it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility, then they stamp themselves as as a legitimate challenger for the AFC crown, I reckon. The Bengals' offense is astonishing to watch. Joe Burrow has 
over 4,000 passing yards. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase both have over 1,000 receiving yards. And Joe Mixon has over 1,000 rushing yards. And they're all 25 or younger and still getting better. And then you add in Tyler Boyd and CJ Azuma. And this offense is just about as electric as any in the league right now. And that includes these Kansas City Chiefs. That includes the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, they are, they are quite incredible to watch. But having said that, the Kansas City defense is now a top 10 DVOA defense when weighted to more recent performances. And they still have a top five offensive unit at the same time. And so while the improvement in Cincinnati has been stunning, I think the Chiefs show just how far the Bengals still have to go to be considered an elite team. Uh, I really am unsure which way to go here. It feels like the line is pretty much spot on. I feel like both teams should be pretty confident of being able to cover this spread either way. So it's a no play for me, but I do have a small play on Joe Mixon anytime touchdown at two bucks. The Bengals are ranked third in red zone rush offense and the Chiefs are ranked 22nd in red zone rush defense. So little play on their number one rushing back um, you know, in the red zone, I think is, is worth a play. What have you got, mate? A nice start. I like it. Um, oh, mate, it, it's, I reckon it's game of the week for sure. It's going to be a cracker, obviously. Um, Joe Burrow, the, the heir apparent potentially, um, mm-hmm. coming up against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, after last week, it, it's, it's a must-watch game. 525 yards uh, in a franchise record display of the fourth most passing yards in a single game. Matt Schwab is number two on that list, if you can believe that, for the Texans. That's amazing. As a, as probably being belted out over the over the Twitter sphere and, and everywhere else uh, in the NFL this week. But, yeah, 525 yards, obviously. Um, T. Higgins almost had 200 of those himself um, in an incredible display. But, like I said, it was a pretty banged-up Ravens secondary, and um, we'll touch on that game a bit later. But, yeah, look – it's going to be an awesome um, challenge against that Chiefs defense who have allowed only uh, more than 17 points just once in this eight-game win streak. And for, on five occasions, they've held their opponents to 10 points or fewer. So, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a, a huge game. And, and um, like I said at the, at the top, it's an interesting one because obviously the, the Chiefs now have clinched the division um, and they hold that number one seed. But the Bengals need to keep winning. They're a game clear. Mm. Um in the AFC North, but they could be putting on pressure to potentially even take the number one seed if they can win this game. So, look, a um, lot to play for still in, in that AFC picture, a uh, playoff picture. So, it's a it's a stay out for me just because I'm I'm really hesitant to to obviously take that um, that line um, as the Chiefs against this dynamic Bengals offense. But then on the flip side, we know how good that that defense has been on the. And, and they're still an up-and-down team, the Bengals. So mm. the trust probably isn't quite there like, like the Chiefs have got um, after so many so many um, great seasons and winning seasons over, over the past few years. So, look, I, I'll uh, stay out of this one, but it's, yeah, it's a must-watch game and yeah, very excited to, to keep an eye on that one. Now, l- let me pose a question to you. You mentioned mm. Joe Herbert, the, the heir apparent. Uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Herbert Joe, Joe 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 was, yeah, Well, that, so that that – Begs the question. You're, you're yeah, picking think, a quarterback. You're picking a quarterback to lead your Washington football team for the next decade. Is it <laughs> is it Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Oh yeah, Joe Herbert would be nice. Actually, he'd, he'd be great. Um, it, <laughs> it's a very good question. It's a very good question. They're they're very similar in terms of like they're they're not similar in terms of what they do, but they're they're obviously both phenomenal at what they do in saying that. So. Um, I don't know. I think Herbert probably has a little bit more runs on the board at the moment. A um, bit more consistent, I'd say. But we know he, like last week against the Texans, he was awful. So, um, 
yeah, it's a it's a really tough decision. I, I couldn't make a, a a split decision at this stage. I'm, I'd be happy with either, but they look like the obviously the next two of the next real stars in this league, and they've cemented themselves. Uh, you know, they're going to be you know decade long starters in this league. So um, I don't think either franchise would give up either, if that makes sense. So um, I think they're both pretty happy with what they've got. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know, maybe Joe Burrow just because of his winning culture, obviously with that um, the LSU national championship. I mean, yep. Justin Herbert won whatever bowl he won in with Oregon. I'm not 100% sure what it was, but it wasn't in the playoff. playoff. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so, look, both come from winning cultures, but I think if I had to, gun against my head, probably lean to Burrow just. Yeah, interesting. I've got I've got Herbert just Herbert, ahead, yeah. but it's, it's kind That's of 1A and 1B. Eight. Eight. Mm, so exactly I, right. it's a real tough one. I, I would be more than happy with either of them oh. uh, in Philadelphia right now. Yeah, I reckon they'd be look all right in a green uniform, mate. <laughs> I, I reckon. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's enough of that. Next up, Jacksonville at New England. The Patriots minus fifteen and a half. I think it's the biggest line of the week. The total yes. is forty-one and a half. You got anything in this one? No, not at all. Stay out for me. But yeah, God, they were disappointing last week. Um, we know we we talked to last week. Or oh, sorry. Week before at nauseam about the shackles being off um, with the Jags in, in that game against the Texans, but it didn't didn't account to anything. And then they were just as bad again last week. So look, it, it's disappointing. They've had a, another really poor season, obviously the Jags, and couldn't end up with another number one pick. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't get involved in this one. It's um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, obviously, the Patriots have now lost their. Uh, back-to-back games and they have lost control of that AFC East but um, and the Jags are just probably hoping to lose to potentially get the <laughs> best pick they can so look I, I can't I can't fault you for jumping in um, either way but yeah I, I'll stay out of this one no that's fair I, th- I think the question to ask is have the Pats hit the wall and you know there's been talk about Mac Jones you're hitting that hitting that rookie wall and and whatever you're a couple of weeks ago, they were sitting pretty at 9-4, equal leaders of the AFC, but a couple of kind of alarming defeats to to their rivals in the AFC and the Bills and the Colts over the last few weeks is kind of, you know, there's some there's some alarm bells ringing, I think, in, uh, in Boston. Prior to this slump, Mac Jones was averaging a 71% completion rate over the first what, 13 weeks of the season. He's averaged just 50% in the last two games with a 2-4 to four touchdown interception ratio so the question is can this be a come good game against the two and 13 jags and i think it probably is i think it probably will be but i'm not sure i'm willing to take two plus touchdowns here and i think i'm actually going to go with the underdog i think it's going to be cold wet and windy in boston i think you know we all saw how bill belichick approached that last weather game whatever you want to call it in buffalo you mentioned earlier uh, Mac Jones had just the three passes for the entire game. The defense and running game took over. Um, I think something similar will, will probably happen here. Um, so I think it's going to be low scoring. I think that there's going to be chances for for both sides on the ground. So I'm taking Jacksonville, not out of respect to the Jags and not out of any disrespect to the Pats specifically, but I think it's just more of a logic play in the weather. Um, it'd be a bit of a defensive battle. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. So I think, you know, 15 and a half points. I'm going with the underdog here. Um, anything to add on this one, mate? Now, look, you, you make perfect sense as per normal, mate. So, look, can't, can't oh, fault you. Very, very kind. It's, I think that's the nicest thing anyone said to me in weeks. So, 
Because I haven't anyway. spoken to you in a couple of weeks, mate. <laughs> true, true. Um, anyway, I'm blushing. Um, Miami at Tennessee, the Titans minus three and a half. The total is 40 and a half. We probably don't need to talk too much about this one. I think, you know, we all know how Miami have turned their season around off the back of their defense. Uh, the Titans remain competitive without Derrick Henry and AJ Brown for, for most of the time over the second half of this season on the back of their defense in, in Tennessee, the Titans last three games and four of the last five have gone under the total of 40 or 41 while five of the Dolphins last eight have also gone under plus it looks like snow in Tennessee this weekend. So I'm going to go the unders here, despite it being a very low line at 40 and a half. Anything from you? Yeah, look, if those, if those conditions, if they are correct, um, that suits Miami, you'd think. Um, that defence has obviously been lights out during this win streak of seven games. They had a franchise record or franchise equal record, eight sacks last week. I mean, they um, gave Ian Book all, all kinds of um, nightmares to have. Um, but look, they, they've been impressive. They're the first team ever in NFL history to have seven a seven-game win streak and a seven-game losing streak in the mm. same season. So it's been a tale of two seasons, obviously, for the Dolphins, who... At the halfway point, I, I labelled as my most disappointing of the season in the AFC, and they've they've certainly turned things around since then. And uh, look, they'll they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll prop, they could even win this. And um, they're obviously um, destiny's in their own hands now. They do have, um, I think they play the Jets next week. I could be wrong, but um, obviously I know it's a divisional game, and I think they've played the Bills twice and they've played the Pats twice. So that means that leaves the Jets. So. Uh, obviously, they'll win that. So one more win here and they'll, they'll seal it. Um, but say on the flip side, Tennessee can seal the division with a win here as well. They can win the AFC South for the second straight year with a win. So, yeah, huge game with with massive ramifications. Um, uh, again, like last week, the Titans, it was a tale of two halves. They held scores in that, sec- in that first half. But then AJ Brown, who just cleared IR, went off in that second half and, um, Tannehill and him had a, an amazing connection. He had 11 catches and 145 yards and a half of football. And um, the Niners just couldn't stop him. And look, he's going to pose a threat for that Dolphins defense. But I think the Dolphins D could look, couldn't doubt you having the unders that, that would make sense. And that was the play I was leaning to, if anything, in this one. But I'll stay out of this one as well. But yeah, another must watch game just for, the, for the, sa- um, the stakes on the line in the AFC here. Uh, the Dolphins have the Pats next week. Oh, they have the, the Pats. Interesting. Yep, they got the Pats next week. Um, and you, you mentioned the uh, the Dolphins' defense and uh, AJ Brown. They both cost me a spot in my fantasy oh. league grand final this week. Um, I was leading, I was leading by eighteen points, and I had Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah. my opponent yeah. had the Miami defense, oh. and they put up they put up a fifty burger. To Kamara, 50? seven seven and a half points. Yeah, I scored fifty. Yeah, yeah. It, my league's a, it's a high scoring league. It's a high. This 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 <laughs> matchup was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, and I end up I was leading by eighteen with Kamara against the Dolphins' defense, <laughs> and I just could not send that I was watching it in disbelief. You send that into Scott Van Pelt for a bad beat. <laughs> that is incredible. Absolutely ridiculous. But uh, what can you do? But whinge and moan on social media. Yeah, um, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, I can it's do that. your platform, mate. You can do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> That's it. Give the man a voice. Um, Los Angeles Rams at Baltimore. The Ravens plus three and a half. The total is 46 and a half. What have you got for us? 
Yeah, they're, they're just limping to the line, aren't they, the Ravens, as we touched on off the top. and Are they even limping? Uh, yeah, they're not even. Crawling or sliding yeah, or something. God, it, it's, it's been bad, and that defense has just been decimated. And it showed last week with, uh, obviously, Joe Burrow and the Bengals tearing them up. And, yeah, obviously, the status of Lamar Jackson will be the, the main talking point. Um, he hasn't really practiced it, I think, since um, getting injured. Look, I thought he would be a chance to play this week, but... Um, after doing a little bit more research during this podcast, even I don't think he will, which um, which obviously leaves Tyler Huntley. But if he's off, he needs to be off the COVID list. So look, it's it's setting up for a, a Rams, um, a big Rams win. In saying that, though, the books have it pretty short at three and a half. So I think that's why I thought at the start of this um, podcast that Jackson would be right to go. And, and if they if he is, obviously that gives them a lot more of a chance. But I just think the Rams are, are really clicked into gear the last couple of weeks. Now they've they've taken that. Uh, division lead off the Cardinals, uh, which looked a long way from happening a few weeks back when they lost those three games in a row. So, look, I, the Rams have clipped into gear, and I think they'll um, be hard to toss the rest of the way. To be honest, in the NFC, look, it's it, it, it's shaping up as a, a Rams-Packers um, um, conference championship once again, but we'll see what happens. There's a lot of water to go on a bridge before that, but I think the Rams are, are flying. Um, Matty Stafford's been in better form uh, the running backs are dominating. Obviously, Daryl Henderson's gone to IR, but Cam Akers could be back, which he was awesome last year, especially at the end of the last year and before he went down in the preseason. So if they can get him back and, and fit, look out. And Sony Michelle's been doing a great deal of work and, and been really, really impressive the last few weeks. So, look, the Rams are, are clicked into gear and that line seems very low for me. So I'm happy to take the Rams and it's one of my best of the week at minus three and a half. And I know you're thinking the same kind of thing, mate. Yeah, spot on. I, I agree 100%. Uh, I know it's in Baltimore, but like you, I was kind of stunned that the, the line was only three and a half points. That The Rams have won four in a row. They're sitting atop the NFC at 11 and four with the equal best record in the NFL, while the Ravens have dropped four in a row to eight and seven and in a log jam on the bubble of a playoff spot at the moment. We know that they've got plenty of excuses. You know, This is not about you know how good the Ravens are as a, as a full team, as a healthy team. Uh, as a full franchise, this is just the situation that they're in. They've been decimated, um, unlike anything seen before in the NFL with injuries. But I just don't see how they remain competitive enough with the Rams at the moment for long enough over the course of a game to cover this spread. The dam has burst for the Ravens, and, and we spoke about it you know, a fortnight or three weeks ago. You know, how long could this last? That they were each week they were they were dropping like flies. You know, they'd lose another two or three or four players, but they were still winning. But now they're not winning anymore, and I'm not sure that they can get back to that. I'm not sure they can get back to that winning form. I'm not sure they can stay competitive enough over the course of a game against this type of elite opposition. In the last two weeks, they've lost by 20 to the Bengals and 11 to the Packers, um, which bodes really well for the Rams being probably better than both of those. Uh, The Rams are looking good for some of my season uh, futures predictions, $2.40 to win the NFC West, uh, which we weren't sure about about a month or so ago. Um, and $17 for the NFL's best record. So pretty happy with those at the moment, but there's still a couple of weeks to go. Like you, mate, I'm on the Rams, minus three and a half. It's uh, one of my best of the week. Uh, Cam Akers was a really interesting one. I saw that saw that they'd kind of activated him off, the, mm. off IR earlier in the week, and um, I think I read somewhere that they were looking to pay him a bonus or something because he was on the roster at the end of the regular season or, or something like that. Um, I don't think he'll play this week. 
I'm pretty sure he won't play this week, but um, I think it is still possible that he could play next week and into playoffs. Um, yeah, they can get him healthy for the playoffs. It's a, it's a huge oh, bonus. Huge bonus, huge X factor. Um, like mm. you said, Darrell Henderson's been really good. Over the last month, Sony Michelle's been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Henderson's more of that you know, utility runner, can can come at you at different right. angles, but... Yeah, whereas Sony Michelle's really that kind of Demarco Murray, you know, bull bull at a gate, downhill downhill runner. Yeah, straight um, line. yeah, straight lines exactly. You know that kind of red zone, um, you yeah, know, one yard line type thing. Yeah. But um, he's been he's been really solid as as a backup. And uh, before Henderson um, missed last week, uh, I think they were they were sharing some some time on the field as well. So. Um, yeah, look, everything's kind of working out well for for the Rams at the moment, and um, I, I just don't see how the Ravens can compete far enough into this one. To, uh, the Rams here are probably my best bet of the week. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. And uh, it looks to be potentially a precursor, but uh, yeah, could be our lock of the week as well. The Rams, we've had some success with them, um, but yeah, it, it seems like a low line, especially if Lamar doesn't play and. Um, like we said, how how banged up that secondary is. So, uh, look, the Rams, like I said, clicking into gear and, and look good things this week. I think. Yep, agreed. Uh, we move into the later slate on Monday morning, Australian Eastern, uh, and we start with the Denver Broncos at the Chargers. Los Angeles minus five and a half. The total is forty-five and a half. I think the definition of shitting the bed was the Los Angeles Chargers <laughs> last week. That. That is an unbelievable loss to, to yep. the Texans of all teams. And um, they would have been in a playoff spot. They now really are in a dogfight to, to get into the playoffs. And it's, it's still a die as well for the Denver Broncos, who, who obviously have um, have lost the last couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, it's a huge game. I just can't see the Chargers being that bad again. Um, and, and, look, it's um, it's uncertain and, and more unlikely than not that Teddy Bridgewater again miss, which – which pits Justin Herbert up against Drew Locke. So I'll take that matchup every day of the week. And look, if they can get Austin Eckler back as well this week, um, which I think they will, and I think they'll even get Derwin James, Joey Bosa, those kind of guys back after um, the COVID outs. Huge um, names. That's, a, that's huge. That's huge into the Chargers. They're at home. They've probably been better away from home this year. But look, I think they're just too explosive and too too much on the offensive side to they'll put up too many points for the Broncos, let's put it that way, especially if Drew Lock starts. So I, I think that minus five and a half is a decent bet. Um and I am keen on them to 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 really bounce back hard this week. So I'll take them uh, at minus five and a half, mate, pretty confidently. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think the Chargers are another one of those teams that are kind of on you know, on the bubble of that those playoff spots, those two consecutive losses that you mentioned, including that shit the bed defeat to the Texans that you mentioned. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah, they're, they're eight and seven, but a couple of weeks ago, they looked like they looked like they were going to run away with that division. Um, and since then, the Chiefs have, have clinched. So it's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff out of that division. Um, but really, you know, basically because the Chargers have failed, um, we, we know how much the, the Chiefs have, have improved, especially on the defensive side. But, you know, the Chargers had that, had that spot. Um, and they've they've given it up, so it's really hard mm-hmm. to put a finger on where the Chargers are at right now. But the Broncos could tie these records at eight and eight apiece, keeping alive their own very slim playoff hopes. So that could make for a pretty entertaining game if uh, if the Broncos decide to sling it a little bit. But I think the Chargers eliminate Denver uh, at home. I think keep their season alive. Chargers 
minus five and a half. And I'll have a little play on the over at 45 and a half as well. If, uh, if Denver decide to sling it and uh, they can put it's up. Usually, well. It's usually a pretty safe bet in a, in a Chargers game. Actually, I'm <laughs> keen to know the stats on their overs this year, but they, they tend to go over more times than not. That's for sure. I'll, um, I'll leave that one to you to do the research. Yeah, you're you're good with those way. trends. So I'll, uh, I'll leave that one with you, but uh, we'll move on to the next. I'll move on to the next game, Houston at San Francisco. The Niners minus 12.5 point favorites. The total is 44.5. Houston will not win two in a row. They will (laughs) not win two in a row. And San Francisco will not lose two in a row. The Niners can't afford to drop this one at home. They've got the Rams coming up next week in the regular season finale. They need to win this one. But I just can't bet this game based on that alone. Jimmy G says he's confident to play this week despite a fractured thumb, but he hasn't practiced all week, and he did throw two interceptions and missed a wide-open Kyle Juszczyk touchdown pass last week. I'm not sure if he'd already injured the thumb um, at that point, but even if he is ruled good to go, it is a type of injury that makes gripping the ball and throwing the ball and controlling those passes incredibly hard, so that's definitely one to, to keep an eye on. The Texans have nothing but pride to play for, They're currently in line for the number three overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. And with a huge raft of issues to fix, they desperately need to bring talent into that franchise. And it's imperative that they don't fall any lower than the third pick. You know, if anything, they want to get higher. Uh, So I'm tempted to play the unders here if Jimmy G does play. Houston's defense is terrible, as we know, but they are especially terrible against the run, which Trey Lance could take advantage of if, if he is um, starting for the Niners, but uh, given we don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G yet, that's a, a hold for now. It's a, a no play for me, but definitely a, a you know keep an eye on over the weekend and, and see what pans out in that quarterback position for the Niners. How about you? Before I touch on this one, I'll quickly give you the stats for the Chargers. Uh, quickly saw it. it. They're actually only eight and seven over under, um, and they're actually against the spread. They're seven and eight. Um, there you go. Sense, yeah. But over Doesn't and under. Help at all. No, well, over and under after a loss, though, they're five and one. So be confident with your play there. So obviously coming off a loss, um, that trends to be an over result. Uh, Look, this one, yeah, I I put you on the spot here as well, mate. I know you were keen on the Texans to have the worst record in the league, Mm -hmm. um, but they had that line about four wins. Was that a flat four or was it four and a half? It It was a flat four. So it's currently a push. I've got oh, a, I've got a line stings. through it, but uh, yeah, it's uh, that stings. You did not expect what happened last week. That is no, yeah, that's a shocker. No, it was it was a shocker, um, and I completely blame the charges. Yeah, it's, oh, it, mate, it is a push. Absolutely. So you get get your money back. Let's but, hope it stays as a push because yeah, I don't think they can win two in a row, as you said, against this 49ers team. It's it's must win for them. Obviously, they they're still in the. Um, Wildcard spot in the NFC. They they lost the game last week where they were 10 0 up at halftime and looked in control of that one against the Titans, but managed to blow that one. Debo Samuel continued his amazing season, though, didn't he? And uh, look, it's going to be interesting, though, with Jimmy Garoppolo if he does play. And, and it's really, he is the barometer of the team. And I can't remember exactly the stat. I think it was around every game that the Niners have won, he hasn't thrown an interception, but. When when they, he has thrown an interception, they're one and seven or something like that. Mm. So he really is the barometer of that team, and he needs to, um, you know, keep control of the football. If he doesn't turn it over, the Niners are a good defense, as we know, and they're a good run team. So 
it's really up to their quarterback not to throw the ball and uh, turn the ball over, and, and they can be a, a, a strong team. And, uh, look, they should get the job done here against the Texans. Um, it's a high line, though, well over 10 points, which is a bit scary. And if anything, I'd be probably tempted to play the Texans at that at plus 12.5, but it's a no play for me in this one. But um, an interesting one to keep, on the, keep an eye on, especially for um, teams that follow NFC teams like yourself, mate. But, um, um, yeah, no play for me in this one. Yep, completely understand. Next up, Arizona at Dallas. Dallas Cowboys minus five and a half. The total is 51 and a half. And I'll tell you what, I just can't pick this one. That The Cowboys offense has been underwhelming at the least through the second half of this season. And while they are deserved, deserved NFC East winners, which is gross, I can't believe I just said that, after a pummeling of your Washington football team last week uh, to get them back on track, I'm not sure... They entirely deserve to be five and a half point favorites over this Cardinals franchise. The, the Cards have also seen a dip in form. They started the season seven and zip, as we know, but they've gone three and five since then, including three consecutive consecutive losses coming into this one. I'm expecting a big game from Kyler Murray to try and correct the trend. Um, the Dallas defense has been amazing all season, but they do struggle against a, a strong run game. He's Kyler Murray's only thrown two touchdowns in the past three games and his rushing numbers are way down on last year, even accounting for the fact that he missed those games uh, a few weeks ago. I feel like that he puts the cards on his back in this one. And just a a little stat that in 10 games at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas across his high school, college, and now pro career, Kyler Murray has never lost a game. He's nine wins and a tie at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas. Um, so Kyler Murray, any time touchdown on the ground at $2.88 is a, a little play for mine. But other than that, no play in this one. That could be stat of the year. That is impressive and very, very niche, but I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> um, look, I, it's hard to bet with any confidence with, with Dallas here now, isn't it? Because of that stat alone, honestly. But look, it, it's, a, it's, it's a really tough game to pick, as you said. I think that's exactly right. Um, and that line is a really tricky one as well to which mm. way to go in that. And look, if anything, the cards probably don't deserve to be that that big underdog, do they? They've been yeah. the, you know, they've been the best team in the NFC, let alone the NFL for, for the majority of the season. That and they've just really dipped the last few weeks with a few few injuries. Obviously, James Conn didn't play last week either. That that loss to Detroit was inexcusable, no doubt. But look, mm. other than that, they've they've lost against what the Colts and um I can't remember who they lost to before, Rams. before the line, but yeah, Rams. Rams. So it was, you know, yeah, that's and right. Packers. It was the Rams. Um, no, that, no, that was earlier in the season, but and they um, they did lose that, but they that was earlier in the season. But they've lost to the you're right, the Rams and then the Lions and then now the um, oh, I've just got them blank now and the um, and the Colts. So you know they, they're decent teams. So look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if if like you said that other than last week's humiliation of 56 points. Um, by the Washington against no one essentially that like you said that that Cowboys um, offense has been underwhelming and and that defense has been carrying him but yeah, this is a very dynamic offense and look it's going to be a, a really interesting game and one of the best games of the season uh, one best games of the week could be one of the best games of the season who knows but yeah I can't I can't play confidently in this one either mate so it's a no play for me but like you said it's a must watch yeah I, I agree I, I don't think that the, like I said before, I don't think the Cowboys deserve to be five no. and a half point favorites, but also, you know, like you said, don't think that the Cardinals deserve to be five and a half point underdogs. Um, 
it's just a weird one given the, the form lines and the trends across both these franchises over the last, you know, six or eight weeks. Um, I'm leaning Arizona, but yeah, like you said, just, just can't play that at the moment given their, their uh, last three weeks and, and, you know, missing your James Connor, like you said before, uh, Chase Edmonds has missed a lot of time. He's back now, but uh, missing DeAndre Hopkins for the next couple of weeks as well still. So it's just a, a real tough one to play, but, uh, can't wait to watch it. I think it should be a great game to watch, but uh, not sure I want to be playing too much in this one. Yeah, no, just stay out, I think. Agreed. Uh, Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans minus seven. The total is 38 and a half. Have you got anything in this one? I do, mate. I'm pretty confident in this one, and it's going to be a, a bit more of a high-scoring um, contest than the books think. Look, with um, a noted quarterback, I suppose, returning for the Saints, mm. that'll give them a bit of impotence. And Sam Donald is essentially playing for his career, really, isn't he? I mean, he's going to be given the starting role um, back this week. He came in, played last week, and, and didn't perform very well at all. But, look, he's he's got a career and a contract to play for, so... I feel like there'll be something, and obviously a division game brings out the best in a lot of both teams usually. So um, I can see points in this one. There's no way the Saints can be as insipid or as bad as they were last week. Surely not. That was um, disgraceful on offense by the Saints. Mm. And look, I, I know there was insinuating circumstances with about 16 players on the COVID list, but um, it was pretty disastrous uh, from all aspects. But I feel like it can be a bounce back at home this week for the Saints. Obviously, they were home last week as well. But look, there's a lot to play for. They're still in playoff position, uh, playoff hunt at the moment. So it's a must-win game. But I can see points in this one. That line seems pretty low to me. Um, you know, I know that that both defenses on their day can be, you know, top five, top ten at the very worst. But um, yeah, I just think there's enough weapons on both sides to to see some points in this one and a, a bit more of a shootout than than the books expect. So I think there's a Bit of an overreaction here after last week's disaster. So um, I, I would have had that closer to around 41, 42 points. So I'm, I'm happy to play that over 38 and a half in a very low line. So, yeah, I'll play the overs here, mate. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we, we touched on last week's game a little bit before we were talking about Miami as well and, and mentioned about my my fantasy league semi-final. So I'm pretty livid with the Saints offense. <laughs> um, but you're right. That I mean, that was the most insipid performance I've seen from a New Orleans side in in 15 years i reckon you know since they won that that super bowl in well, 08 08 or 09 07 08 whatever it was um so i mean it's just a, a real a real weird situation i think in in new orleans and i just don't have a whole lot of you know there's no care factor for, for this one it, it could finish zero zero for all i care but there there's a slight bit of interest now as you mentioned with sam darnold returning to starter duties for the panthers uh, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon both return from the COVID list in New Orleans, which means the Ian Book experiment comes to an end in New Orleans. Um, I haven't recommended many overs plays over the last couple of weeks. It's definitely been a an unders uh, month, I guess, but this one does seem a touch low, like you, you mentioned. And uh, I, I agree. I think it should be around that kind of 41 and a half mark. So at the 38 and a half, uh, there's, there's a little play on that overs line here um anything to add on this one uh, nothing else mate me beautiful moving right along detroit at seattle seattle minus seven the total is 42 and a half anything in this one yeah interesting game um uh for no reason at all whatsoever it's a, it's a <laughs> disgusting game to be honest look it's detroit and seattle um 
It's the first time, though, in the Pete Carroll era that Seattle have had 10 or double-digit losses in a season, which is an interesting fact. And it'll be interesting to see if he's there this next season, if Russell Wilson is there. It could be a whole, you know, rebuild in, in Seattle and, and a, a, a really, you know, after, you know, the franchise has been so stable and so solid and so strong for for a decade. It'll be interesting to see what um, what they do in Seattle with, um, with Russell Wilson. But he's got a no-trade clause, which makes it hard. So... Yeah, really interesting space to watch over the offseason. Uh, Jared Goff is back for Detroit this week after missing uh, last week's loss to the Falcons. Um, they had a chance to win that game, the Lions, and, and continue their their hot form, but uh, obviously a late interception put pay to that. But uh, interesting fact is that um, their young rookie receiver who's been going really well lately, Amon Ra St. Brown, he actually became the first Lions rookie uh, to record 90-plus receiving yards in back-to-back games since 1955 last week. So um, maybe a player prop to keep your eye on if um, you can get something on him um, against a pretty ordinary Seahawks defense. Uh, so, yeah, look, uh, it's a complete stay out for me, but, um, yeah, might be interested in a few player props in this one when they do come out. Yeah, two bottom six teams facing off essentially for draft position. Nothing, yeah. Like you said, the, the biggest question here is what happens with, with Russell Wilson over the offseason. The no-trade clause in, is an interesting one because, I mean, it kind of feels like he wants out, even though he hasn't mm. explicitly said so. I mean, Pete Carroll signed an extension, what, a year ago or so? Okay. So I think he's there for another couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, any we, we know that contracts don't really mean that much these days uh, in pro sports. So, you know, they, they could both be gone. This is, it's the first time in a while that the Seahawks are in line for – you know, a top draft pick. Um, mm. so it's going to be interesting to see what what kind of the, the direction of the franchise over the next couple of months and, and you know, 12 to 18 months even. Um, yeah, I think yeah. they just need to add a really good defensive weapon. Um, mm. They've obviously got all the pieces on offense, haven't they? So, I mean, they probably could use another running back, obviously, but I don't think um, it's a strong class for skilled positions, I suppose, on the no. offensive this year, no, it's I was a lot just of, gonna say, I think it's yeah. a good draft for, for you know defensive yeah. players. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the Russell Wilson situation in Seattle is is gonna ramp up over the next few weeks, as you know, obviously, as, as they're not playing uh into January and, and February. So, you know, that's gonna be a really interesting conversation to watch. But yeah, you're right, I'm not, not touching this one at all with a 20 or 30 foot pole. You reckon uh, Russell Wilson could end up in Green Bay potentially? Uh, possibly, possibly. I mean, That'd be on his destination list, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing is that you could say that Green Bay, while they haven't done the best work at, at, you know, at the draft table, I think that they've mm. made moves to solidify and, and they have at least tried at some level to improve you know, on the defensive end, on the offensive line. Uh, stuff that it, it just seems like uh, Seattle have failed at doing over the last couple of years. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a, I don't know, something that that uh, Russ could could look to. Obviously, I'm, I'm sure he would love throwing the ball to Devonta Adams, um, and you know, obviously got the the uh, the running back on the ground in, in Green Bay um, to to kind of take the pressure off as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a pretty good fit for for us. Yeah, they're ready built the Packers. So it's you know if if Aaron Rodgers decides to now what he's now saying he could be potentially even retire, um, 
it's a nice place to walk into for Russell Wilson if you wanted to win straight away, obviously. But yeah, a lot to play out. It's going to be very, very interesting with the quarterback carousel mm. this year. It always is. Definitely. But, um, this one, this one with some big names, real big names on the list. Yeah, it'll be really one to watch. Yeah, I, I still think that Aaron Rodgers ends up Staying. in Denver. In Denver, okay. In Denver, I think Denver are, are making a big play, draft picks and uh, salary wise for for A Rod. But um, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll see. Um, there's a lot to still play out across you know, a number of these franchises that are potentially looking for they're, quarterbacks. Yeah, they're pretty pretty liberal in Colorado. They could, um, could suit Aaron. <laughs> True, true. Likes his. Uh, Not sure the weather will, but alternative I mean, medicine. From, yeah, coming from Wisconsin, it can't be coming much worse. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that could be an option for him. Could be an option I, for him to, to play under think, John Elway kind of thing. I do think uh, that um, you know Green Bay have have probably invested too much in Jordan Love for them to splash yeah. out on another you know A one A one QB. But who knows? Who knows? Well, these GMs are lunatics anyway, so who knows? <laughs> um, Sunday night football, Minnesota at Green Bay. It is a, another big game. Green Bay minus six and a half. Total is 47 and a half. What have you got? Yeah, they uh, they can clinch the NFC's top seed with a win here uh, at Lambeau, which they've obviously been in, uh, almost unbeatable at the last few years. And look, he, Aaron Rodgers last week passed Brett Favre for franchise leader in all-time touchdowns uh, passes with um, his three touchdowns. And Devontae Adams also became the first player in NFL history to record eight games with at least 10 catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, look, it's going to be a great battle between him and then on the other side, Justin Jefferson, who's um, been unbelievable the last few weeks and and, and has had an unbelievable start to his career, um, full stop. Uh, look, the, the Vikings and the, the Packers, they seem to always play close games. They, they're going to potentially regain Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook, which will which will help significantly in their chances this week. They, they've they kind of, um, again, like, like a lot of other teams, have kind of shot themselves in the foot the last few weeks, but they're still on the bubble and very much alive, especially if your Eagles lose. They're, they're there to swoop in and um, potentially take that last wildcard spot. But, mm-hmm. yeah, the NFC pitch, playoff pitch was a lot clearer than the AFC with five teams already clinching. There's only two spots up for grabs. So it, it's, it's essentially must win for the Minnesota Vikings, which is, um, you know, um, a tough one for them. But I, I think they can keep it close. And as history shows, they, they usually do against the Packers. So I, I'm actually going to take the... The Vikings at plus six and a half here, um, with no confidence whatsoever. But I will um, will jump in on that line here um, at six and a half with the Packers potentially um, not coasting, but you know maybe not playing to their full capacity in this one. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you to an extent. Although I, I'm not taking the same play, um, I'm going to take the overs here. But I, I kind of agree with with the logic and, and the reasoning. Um, that you've just given, but seven out of the last 10 Vikings games have gone over this total. Four of the last five Packers games have also gone over. We're looking at two pass first quarterbacks with dynamic, or at least the potential to be dynamic in Minnesota's case against two middle of the road defensive units. It's kind of last chance saloon, like you touched on for the Vikings. So I kind of expect Kirk Cousins to be slinging it against that Green Bay secondary. Um, Looking at a couple of position uh, props, but Chris Herndon, could have a big role for the Vikings at tight end if Tyler Conklin isn't ready to go this week. The Packers ranked 24th in DVOA pass defense against tight ends in 2021. So keep an eye on that scenario as there could be some 
decent props in there for either Tyler Con- Conklin or Chris Herndon, the former Jets tight end, um, if Conklin doesn't play. But, yeah, I'm going over 47.5. I think there's some points in this one, um, and uh, I think this one will go over 50. Any final thoughts? No, not for me, mate. It's going to be – it's an interesting game, yeah. It's, it's a good Sunday night football game, unlike – um, a couple of weeks ago or last week, I think it was an absolute blockbuster with Chicago and um, and Minnesota. But yeah, look, I think this will be a, this will be a better match and um, yeah, an interesting one to keep in the eye on again for playoff ramifications purposes. Yep, exactly. And we finish off week seventeen with Monday Night Football uh, division game again: Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh plus three. The total is forty one. And my rule, as I've kind of spoken about all year, two average teams. Field goal spread, underdog at home. I'm taking the Steelers at plus three. What have you got? God, it was a it was a bad day to be a Steelers fan, wasn't it? it wasn't it's not long, uh, not um, often you see your team down thirty nil. Uh, look, it was a it was a case where they even had to bench um, Ben Roethlisberger late in the fourth mm. quarter in that humiliating loss. And it was a fifth straight game the Steelers have failed to score a first half touchdown. It's their longest streak since 1940. So. That speaks volumes of that that offense and and how poor they've been kind of going the last few weeks. Obviously, the writing's now on the wall, which it probably has been all season. But uh, for Ben Roethlisberger, um, he's going to go down as a Hall of Famer and obviously a two time Super Bowl champion. But yeah, his time is now up. Uh, look, Baker Mayfield, who is essentially playing for himself for a contract as well. Do the Browns persist with him next year? I'll pose that question to you. Um, straight after this, mate. But yeah, look, four interceptions last week. He, he just made some really bad choices. I was watching, I watched a fair bit of this game, and Nick Chubb was just unbelievable, and 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 did everything in his power to help Browns win that Browns win that game. And they, they played well, the Browns, and and surprised many, and and really took it to the Packers last week. But those four interceptions just killed killed the Browns, and and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers made him pay every time. I think. They scored three touchdowns on, on four of those. So, look, um, he can't be throwing four interceptions, especially against a team like the Packers. And uh, it was a crucifying loss for them. Uh, would have been an upset win, obviously, but it would have really put them in the, the playoff hunt. And, and now they, they're hoping for other results to go their way to, to be a sniff. And, look, they probably get the job done against the reeling Steelers this week, but um, there's no way I could bet in this game with any confidence whatsoever. So it's a no play for me, but... I will pose that question to you, mate. Do they persist with Baker next year or do they go looking for another quarterback? It's, it's a really interesting question. And I, I don't know. I, I think I think they probably do. I, I think that they probably won't give him the money that he probably wants. Um, I think that there are some some things that they love about Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Uh, I think that they love his leadership ability and and his kind of vocal ability to, to you know, man the troops and all that sort of stuff. But I think yeah. there are some still some question marks about his, you know, I guess ultimate talent level. Ability, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a tough one and, and, you know, speaks to that, speaks to that quarterback carousel that we're potentially looking at uh, for the off season, because I think, I think Baker Mayfield is an above average NFL quarterback, you know, is maybe not in the top five or top eight in the league, but I think he's probably in that, in that range between, eight and 20 um, or, or eight and 16 or, or whatever you want to look at as, as average. Um, so, you know, I, I think that there'll be a role for Baker Mayfield in the NFL. Is he going to get paid his 30 to $40 million contract next year? Probably not. 
Um, but you never know. I mean, there's there's always one franchise is willing to pay stupid money for a stupid quarterback. So we'll see. And Zahn have got a contract, yeah. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it happens every year, doesn't it? So we'll, we'll see. I, I think that Baker Mayfield will ultimately stay in Cleveland, but potentially not on that max type contract that, you know, we're getting used yeah. to in, in pro sports. Yeah, that's you? probably the way I see it too, man. I think Cleveland are a bit invested in, and I don't think there's too many other options for him at the moment. I don't think they'll land a big fish like a Wilson or a Rogers. So mm. um, he's probably the best of the rest in terms of who's left on that market. So look, well, I don't think, I think, I don't they've, think they've got the assets to be able to land one of those no, guys. So unless no, they're looking at, at, you know, an interim, an interim role like a Teddy Bridgewater or like a you know Drew Locke or someone. I don't. I don't think that they're. You know, there's no kind of uh, a one QB in the the top half of the first round of the draft or, or anything like that this this year. So no, there's nothing in the draft. I don't think nothing at all. You know, unless you find a, a hidden gem. But look, mm. I, I think they just probably persist with him for another year or two and just see what they can get out of him and obviously rely on that defense and and maybe add another weapon for him, but um, someone that he can actually have some chemistry with and. Yep. and click with. But, yeah, I think they're almost tied to Baker at the moment, unfortunately, potentially for them, but fortunately or unfortunately. But, look, you said, I think he's around right above that above average to average quarterback. He's, he's always going to be that middle of the road um, in the league. So, look, um, yeah, he's not the worst option, but he, he, there's certainly other potential options. But I just don't think the Browns have enough, yeah, like I said, either money or assets at the moment to, mm. to make any make any big off-season moves. So, yeah, interesting again to see how that plays out in the off-season, especially if they don't make the playoffs, which seems likely now. Definitely, definitely. Well, that, that just about wraps up week 17 matchups. Um, I think we've only got one option really for lock of the week, and that is the Rams at minus three and a half. It feels like having gone through that, uh, yeah, that slate, the, the mm. Monday morning slate, that Potentially, it's a bit of a uh, a bit of a trap game at that at that yeah. line, but I mean, it's, it seems too good to be true, um, which makes me think that it probably is too good to be true. But I, I don't see how, like, I just can't back away from it now, and uh, I'm too invested. I, I think the Rams are, are just too good. Yeah, look, likewise, I think it's, it has to be our lock this week, mate. So we've we've both we've got them both in our best this week. So let's let's lock that in as our lock of the week. Well, we, we've done pretty well on Rams locks. I think we've had them three times. We've won all three. Uh, so let's uh, let's ride to the well again. Let's ride to get us back to five hundred here, mate. That would be huge, given the the perilous situation we were in a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I think we were what five and eight at, uh, like at that. that stage. So, yeah, we can now three and eight. And eight that's yeah. uh, that's pretty huge and potential to momentum. Finish, yeah. finish on a high at the end of the regular season with uh, with some profit on the locks, which should be nice. But um, Best bets and long shots, mate. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so I've got the LA Rams, as we just touched on, minus three and a half. I've also got the other LA team, the Chargers, at minus five and a half. Uh, and I've also got the over 38 and a half in the New Orleans-Carolina game. Yeah, I agree. I've got the the Rams, minus three and a half. I've gone Jacksonville, plus 15 and a half. And honestly, I don't know why I've got that in my best bets, but I just feel like... I feel like it's one of the best of the week. I'm probably going to be massively wrong when they get, I don't know, a 50-burger put on them, but we'll see. Um, And Miami and Tennessee under 40 and a half is my third best of the week. Two long shots. I've gone a bit of a same-game multi 
in the Colts Raiders for Thursday Night Football. We've got the Colts halftime and full-time lead. I've got the Colts minus six and a half into under 44 and a half at $4.20. And I've gone a little double on the double in the Chargers game. The Chargers minus five and a half into the overs, 45 and a half at $3.30. And my little player prop this week, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot out there, but I've just gone Joe Mixon anytime touchdown at $2. Um, but obviously we'll tweet out anything that, that comes up over the weekend. Uh, it's obviously the New Year's Eve weekend, so I'm sure that people will have plenty of better things to do than to be on Twitter um, looking at our bullshit, but uh, <laughs> we'll see We'll see what we can find. What have you got for your long shots yeah. and uh, play props? Yeah, so my long shot is a little bit opposite to you, mate, a little bit of a head-to-head here. So um, one of the double of the double is uh, the Vegas Las Vegas Raiders plus nine and a half on an alternative mm-hmm. line into under 37 and a half at 450. And I've also got a little same game multi as well, but in a different game, I've got Chicago, New York, that blockbuster. I've got the Bears winning from one to 13 points into the Giants to score under seven and a half first half points into the Giants to have under 15 and a half total match points at 575. Um, I don't have a player prop yet because there was nothing available, but I am keen on a couple of players in the Rams um, Ravens game to keep an eye on, and that's Cooper Cup and Mark Andrews. Um, yeah, not telling anyone that they probably don't already know two of the two best receivers on each team, but uh, I'll be keeping an eye out um, depending what the books go up with those, but I'll I'll, um, tweet out my player prop, my official player prop later in the week when we can see some lines. Cool. Well, if if the Colts win by seven or eight or nine and the total is 37, we'll both be pretty happy. Yeah, we can both win, and that you need also the Colts to be leading at halftime too. That's true, which That's is true. fine. We would that'll happen. <laughs> well, we'll see. Fingers crossed. It's it's a if we can both huge, get up. That's good. It's, that would be a, a real solid middle bet. A little bit of arbitrage yeah. there if you get that up. But, um, it, it look, it's a huge, it's a huge week in the in the grand scheme of you know the season uh, as a whole, and the, you know the playoff positions and seeds and and wild card. Mm. And, and, you know, playoffs in, in general. So, massive week of football. Um, and good luck to all the fantasy players, not us, that are in yeah, grand absolutely. finals this week. Absolutely. I'm livid that I'm not there this weekend. But um, Well, we had, a, we had a bloke go through the season 14-0, um, first round by, and wrong. then lost last week in the semi. Oh, Bad luck, Bales. Devastating. Unlucky, mate. Suck shit. He was, um, uh, yeah, suck shit to him. Exactly right. <laughs> He's had Jonathan Taylor all year. Um and he only got, I think, 10 points or something, which is very low for, for JT this season. Oh, sorry, JFT, as um, Joshy Y would call him. So, look, bad luck, Bailey. You had Josh Allen as well, and you still couldn't get over the line, and he got over 30 points. So, you're a bit stiff, but stiff shit. Maybe not yep. next year. So, my seventh place doesn't look that bad now. <laughs> Seven out of how many? Ten. Uh, and in my other league, I got, Could got, be worse. Um, yeah, I just got done in the semi last year, my other league. Uh, last week in my other league. I needed Kamara and um, Cooper in a PPR league to score, I think, third, no, round 50 between them. Uh, Cooper got about 25 PPR, but Kamara, yeah, seven or eight. So, well off again. Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? It's out of out of our control, ultimately, That's at it. the end of the day. Yeah, but, um, yeah I mean, we could, we could probably talk for an, a whole hour or 
more about bad beats this season in fantasy. Yes. Uh, that'll just bore everyone to tears even more. So let's uh, let's finish it there. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Punt Return Pod. We're on Facebook, Punt Return Podcast, and on Instagram, of course, at NFL Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Jump on Twitter and give us a yell. You can get me at Nick Splitter. You can get Lepper at Ryan Lapore. We'll be back hopefully next week uh, with we'll the Punt Return with the Punt Return podcast. Any final thoughts on this one? No, looking forward to the weekend, mate. Again, like I said, um, riding home the Bills um, this week as the main thing to keep my eye on, and then we can chat about that next week, hopefully. Beautiful. And uh, my birds, as always, fingers crossed against your <laughs> your deep love. My Washington, Washington football, football team. Yes. team. Um, <laughs> Rivalry game. Good luck to everybody, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs>